This is a Crow's Nest podcast. I just managed to reset the timer by mistake. Oh no! Whatever, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I remember where it was. It was at 42 minutes in... I think I resolved our technical issues and the discussion can continue, but... Fuck it, we'll do it live. We were about to hit animal hijinks for the first time because after Kay got yeeted, um, somehow Arthur gets stolen away by Merlin. I don't remember exactly how this happens. So Merlin... um... Oh, I'm trying to remember this plot too because basically what it was was uh Kay loses a joust with a stationary toy which is a feat in and of itself yes very and, uh, an exceptional uh, an exceptional doing yeah and i think uh merlin gets into a bit of an argument with uh sir ector and or he gets into it with arthur where he's basically like oh you don't need to to learn about the jousting or anything like that but Merlin also said a really funny line, which was, I plan to cheat, of course. So I think yes. he was talking about cheating in the jousting. I think he was talking to Archimedes about how, oh, yeah, because Archimedes was pointing out uh, that Arthur really likes jousting. Yeah. And Merlin's like, well, I'm going to use magic to get him interested in knowledge. Yeah, it's the classic, ooh, I don't want this boy to become a jock. I want him to become a nerd. Yes, and so he does use magic. He turns them both into fish. He does turn them both into fish. And really, I think the original Finding Nemo mm. was a bit weird. A little a bit. bit. weird. <laughs> but a fun little journey. Yeah, and this was this was a really cute little scene. Uh, and this is actually the scene that I'm going to ask you to sing. Because you said you were very familiar with the song. Yeah. That's what makes the world go round. It is such a fun song. And as I mentioned, it was on um, <clears throat> a, th- uh, um, a sing-along song VHS. So I knew and really, really liked this song a lot when I was little. It's simple. It's fun. It's cute. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like how later on it starts easy with a few things. And then he goes further and starts using words that this kid can't possibly know. <laughs> But I like this kid knows any words at all as a dark ages 12 year old is impressive. It is, but I like the song. It's fun. He teaches you opposites and stuff like to and fro, stop and go. That's what makes the world go round in and out, thin and stout. That's what makes the world go round for every down up. There is a down for every square. There is a round. For every high, there is a low. For every two, there is a fro. And that's what makes the world go round. Beautiful. I I have a little bit of a sore throat today, but I think it works really well because um, the guy, I want to talk briefly about the guy who plays Arthur. Yes. Geyser, actually. So this character was played initially by one boy whose name my computer shut down so i needed to restart it (laughs) and the reason he sounds so squeaky is explained by the necessity for three actors they cast the first actor right before puberty that Uh, was their first mistake 
Yes. And <laughs> to be honest with you, they should have just kept him because this character is supposed to be like 12 anyway. Um, but instead, after that, they brought in, I believe it was the director's two sons to fill in the gap. But um, I don't know what order that they recorded these lines in, but they'll often change within the same scene. And I think that's what this is discordant. Like in my singing there, I changed between verses. Um, but I it was really noticeably noticeable the very, very end when I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but Arthur is running around trying to find a way out of the castle and oh, he's yeah. talking to Archimedes and, and he's talking to him a little bit like this, the horser, little, like a little bit grown, bo- grown boy voice. And then when he's calling for Merlin, it's like a little boy kind of really high. Yeah. So it was clearly early on recorded dialogue. And it, and then as soon as Merlin appears, he goes, Oh, Merlin, you're back. Yeah. I know what you mean. He kind of has a little bit of like the squeaky voice teen going on in his voice yeah it would have honestly worked if they just kept the original voice actor i think it 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 worked for that character age which is kind of so ricky Sorensen, i think is the voice actor that you're referring to yes who who, yeah um i'm genuinely surprised that they didn't if if they had such a problem with his voice why didn't they go back and just record re-record the whole thing I don't know. Sorry. Now I'm going to be singing that for the rest now, of the day. Now you're stuck uh, with that song. <laughs> it is. Um, it is. It's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. I don't know why they didn't just do that, honestly. And I still think, again, given the age of the character, that having that voice change would, is absolutely fine. It's more. Yeah. It's more noticeable bringing in another person. I have to agree with that. Um but they like in the the water i i don't know i just keep now i'm thinking about these voices and how like it would have made more sense for them to re-record voice lines for particular areas like Uh when arthur changed into a fish or a squirrel or a bird have some other kid do the voice acting for it you know like make it so it's kind of part of Uh the transformation instead of just like you were saying this random thing where it's a badly edited reality tv show (laughs) yeah and it it doesn't it doesn't quite work but i'll tell you what i think kind of does work (laughs) i really like the frog in this scene i love that frog that frog i feel came back in princess and the frog i think so but i like that he is a helpful menace like it's clear that um arthur is having trouble with fish buoyancy so he uses his foot just kind of like frog kicks him down yeah it's kind of like bopping him around where he needs to go following them around during the song and at the very end just for funsies he grabs onto his tail and then lets arthur go and he flies into a a a mug yeah yeah and i i love how delighted this frog was the entire time too yes like frog was having a ball he's just having a ball which does make me wonder if like in Merlin's free time, he's definitely done this shit before, and he knows that frog. Because Merlin was like, oh, that frog's cool. He's fine. Entirely possible. This may not be the first kid he's lost. <laughs> oh, dear. We we don't look at the skeletons that uh, Merlin did not pack in his Mary no. Poppins bag. We do not. But I have a question about this fish that chases them. This predator fish looks like a dinosaur. Right. I had to look up what fish this was. Apparently, this is a pike. Yeah, that right. is 
chasing them. That's what it that's what it says it's supposed to be. Okay. But I'm totally with you. This is like the most dangerous pike from your entire from your nightmares. Like it's Yeah, this is a monster. It belongs in Fantasia in the di- sad dinosaur scene. It does. And Archimedes has to come to the rescue because it is determined to eat Arthur, the tiniest little minnow. Yeah. Well, the problem was Merlin, being the competent fish that he is, gets trapped in a sunken uh, helm, like a helmet. A knight's helm. A knight's helm. So he can kind of see out, but it's like he's in prison. And yep. he's and I don't I don't really understand why Merlin couldn't have just been like, oh, let me magic my way out. But I guess he needed to teach a lesson. Yes, he was doing the whole, I'm teaching you a lesson. Get yourself out of this. Use your brain. Yeah, don't ignore the fact that being a fish is completely brand new to you. You're not magical whatsoever. And really, this is a trial by very wet fire. (laughs) Yeah, and this dinosaur of a fish is chasing him and Arthur's screaming for help. So Archimedes, who is napping, has to get involved. Oh, poor Archimedes. This is the story of his life. This is. He does help him. He saves Arthur um, in fish form, and Merlin comes charging out of the water in human form, and finally turns Arthur back into a kid. Yeah, and I think Merlin says, did you get the point? Like, the point of being saved by an owl? Yeah, that's what I would take away from this. Yeah, my, my lesson would have been, yeah, always trust your allies. Yeah, and I guess this actually transforms Archimedes from grumpy owl to hero owl, or like reluctant hero owl. Something like that. Yeah, because he's he's a reluctantly good boy. He is. And they all somehow get, they get back, and Arthur is telling the story to Ector and Pelinor, and I love that Ector gives him three demerits for being late, and three demerits for the fish story. <laughs> Did you also love that Ector said, that's the biggest fish story I ever heard? Yes. Like, that was, speaking of puns, that was a good one. Yes. Um, But yeah, Arthur is a real Cinderella now. He he has a true Cinderella story. He's been interacting with the animals. He now has to clean. Yes, he's been sent to the kitchen. He has a magical fairy godfather. (laughs) Yeah, and Merlin shows up while he's cleaning, uh, while Merlin, uh, excuse me, Arthur is doing a reprisal of the song and (laughs) asks him, have you ever considered being a squirrel? Out of nowhere, by the way. And the answer is no, I have never considered being a squirrel. I'm down that line too, because it very much reminded me of, um, oh, I'm going to butcher the line from Airplane, but do you remember the movie Airplane? (laughs) <laughs> like yes have you ever seen a grown man naked <laughs> like he asks all of those questions <laughs> but yeah just casually asking a kid hey you ever uh ever think about being a squirrel no Eyebrows i never have very shifty <laughs> yeah and i do like this next little sequence because he does a as you pointed out a magical dishwashing sequence and it's set to a very jazzy tune it is and just like many magical sequences that we've seen wizards do in disney films the washing does not go completely off without a hitch like there's there's some difficulties in the beginning and then you know things are not in the order they're supposed to be floating in the air so um i think it was the sugar pot or something has a bit of an attitude that's when they're packing fix it that's when they're packing you're right you're right i'm getting my magical cleaning mixed up 
Yes, that is, but it does have an attitude when they're packing for sure. That's for sure. But, but yeah, I guess the uh, incredible amount of dishes in this hallway agrees to be cleaned quite easily. They are quite dirty, so I can see why. Yeah. And then the next thing we know, where we see two squirrels, Merlin and Arthur as squirrels running in the trees. I do love me a squirrel with a mustache and glasses. I like a squirrel with a mustache and glasses trying to explain gravity to a medieval peasant. And I think he may as well have tried to explain gravity to an actual squirrel. I mean, he was halfway there and then he had to explain the squirrels and the bees. Yes, because Squirrelette shows up. Sassy Squirrelette. She wasn't actually that sassy, but she was very clingy. Yes, and Merlin tries to explain by saying that squirrels mate for life. I googled this, they do not. Yeah, what is he thinking, of beavers? I have no idea, but they absolutely do not. And he keeps making fun of this whole thing because the squirrel is all over Arthur, like was not leaving him alone. And he thinks it's all fun and games until like an auntie squirrel comes and starts doing the same thing to him. And suddenly it's not very fun anymore. Right? Like Merlin's encouraging a one night squirrel stand. He literally says there's no rules. Anything goes, which weird, weird, really weird. He's just like, I guess I can't help with the situation, Arthur. I guess you're alone with this molesty squirrel. Yeah. And then when poor Marvin's tail gets caught by a squirrel, suddenly it's no fun. No. Mm -mm. Give me back my tail. And he doesn't help Arthur from the wolf again because he's too busy fending off an unwanted romantic advance. Merlin is a terrible teacher. Merlin is a terrible teacher. He leaves Arthur alone and he Arthur actually has to get saved by Squirrelette. By Squirrelette, who is doing a bang-up job. And this yes. this whole scene just kind of reminded me of Pongo. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or bon- Bongo. 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 That was it. Uh, especially the fake... Especially the fake uh, squirrel mating rituals matching up with the fake bear mating rituals. Yeah, just it happens to work out that way. Like, yeah, no, she's picked you as your as your as her mate. That's it now. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna have to slap her. Yeah, but uh, what ends up happening is Merlin turns them both back into humans, and Auntie Squirrel just gets mad and runs away. But Squirrelette is devastated. I feel so bad for Squirrelette. But it was definitely a moment where Arthur got to be a true Disney princess with his cute squirrel. It's too, because she does mistake him for the squirrel boy for a second, just continues giving the hug. And then she runs off to the top of a tree and cries. And that's the last we ever see of Squirrelette. That's it. Until I'm I'm sure we'll get like a remake in 2030 where we get to see the story of the sword and the stone from the squirrel's perspective. (laughs) And it's just... We're going to learn how she was related to Madame Mim. We're going to see all of these other connections. Yeah. (laughs) I also, I like that Arthur does feel a little bad that he hurt her. Yeah. yeah. She's crying and he's like, oh, I didn't want to hurt you. I'm sorry. Arthur's kind of a dumb, sweet boy. Yeah. But um, back at the castle, the maid, for some reason, doesn't like that her job's being done for her. So she comes and yells to Ector about the kitchen being possessed. And I like that when they come downstairs and see that the kitchen's being magically cleaned, their instinct is to attack the kitchen. Yeah. I. Why are you attacking this? This is this is literally helping you. Right. The, the kitchen has never been cleaner. And right. I bet that this I bet that this um maid is a union buster. Like she Ugh. doesn't 
she doesn't like anything that takes away her gerb and i like that obviously once they start getting attacked the things start fighting back and this mop wraps itself around Kay's face, soaking wet, and drags it into a bucket. Just he just it just full on waterboards him. Yeah, Kay should be dead. Kay should be dead. Kay got straight waterboarded by a mop. I mean, I guess that he couldn't get any dumber, so it's not like he could have brain damage. No, but Jesus Christ, it was like you should have died. Um, yeah. Arthur comes back and gets in incredible trouble, and just now when they take everything away from him, when they tell them, um, you know, when this happens, that's when they're like, you're not going to be the squire anymore. Hobbs is going to be Kay's squire. You're going to be punished. All this demerits, blah, blah, blah. Here's the first time that Arthur actually cries and realizes his life sucks. Yeah. Now. And, and it's while he's mourning his favorite broken broom. Yes, he's very sad about the broom, but... Merlin actually comes back, I will say, after the um, Ector yells at him to get out of his house. He comes back when Arthur's alone, and he he apologizes. That was big of Merlin. It but... was, and he doesn't apologize, but he just says, you know, I, I ruined it. I'm sorry. I know this was important to you. Yeah. I, but I think that Merlin still cares about giving Arthur mm-hmm. an education. He absolutely does, because he, this is where we get the world is round deal. Um Merlin is like, the, they're going to discover the world is round in a few yes. centuries. And Archimedes says, if the boy goes about saying the world is round, they'll take him for a lunatic. And he's right. I mean, unfortunately, it's not too different to nowadays, is it? Oh, my God. There's there's still a fair amount of people where you say the world is round and they think that you're the crazy one. Yeah, clearly we're full of crazy ideas. But... <laughs> um. Wacky. We, they, they divert Arthur pretty easily from the world, and he mentions that he'd like to fly. I too would like to fly. I want to fly my way out of here, Merlin. I'm tired of your bullshit. Basically, Merlin <laughs> does turn him into a sparrow, and Archimedes teaches him to fly. But I comment that owls and sparrows do fly differently. I, yeah, I feel like um, I feel like Archimedes knew this. But Merlin is like, all birds are the same. You guys can just teach each other. It's cool. I don't care. (laughs) Well, Archimedes is actually, I will give him, he's very excited to teach Arthur how to fly. And when Arthur's really good at it, he doesn't do that thing. Because there's always that trope of like, well, you're not supposed to be better than me. He's actually like, hey, you're doing a good job. But once again, there's always a danger when they're animals. Yes, there is. Um. Because in this case, we get to hear a very, well, in my head, I was hearing a variation of the Peter Pan. You can fly. Uh, yes. You can fly. You can fly. You can, you fly. can fly. You can fly. You can You hawk. can get eaten by a hawk. Yeah. <laughs> there is a hawk. And Arthur gets scared, flies away into the woods and into someone's chimney into the witchiest fucking hut like it literally looks like a witch's hat yeah there needs to be a sign outside that just says witch here obviously <laughs> just billions of signs around it no witch here just a forest tag ignore forest me home. free apples yeah. walk right by walk right by <laughs> walk right by i said <laughs> i this is my favorite part of the movie um this is also the first part we have a female that is not an animal in the yes, movie. Yes, this is the one and only female character in the movie, Madame Mim. Madame Mim, 
oh and she like <laughs> she's so evil but she's fun evil yes she's chaos evil she is chaos evil she she should really hang out with the mad hatter like she's that level yes and um she sings a whole song about how evil and fun and mad she is transforming herself into all manner of funny things yeah from something big to something small she does a whole alice in wonderland thing and when she when she becomes tiny she walks over cards and i'm assuming that was their like cheeky little alice in wonderland reference there oh probably but i did i did particularly love um her introduction to the boys she's like i'm the marvelous madam mim and i'm simply Mm -hmm. mad and she transforms herself uh and she's like i can get even uglier yes arthur's like oh that's hard to believe oh dear i can't believe i said that out loud she becomes a lovely hog-faced woman and then makes herself beautiful beautiful and svelte svelte is the word this is the most bizarrely drawn woman it's so weird but 60s the song ends when she's like, well, I'm going to kill you now because Merlin sees something good in you. But don't worry. I'm going to give you a chance to escape. I see that you're a bird, so I'm going to turn myself into a cat and catch you. Fun with it. I'm going to yeah. murder you, but it'll be fun for both of us. Lucky for us, as soon as she catches him, Merlin blows in the door like a hurricane and is like, stop! They fucked in the past, right? Probably that has it has this energy, yeah. Ah, uh, and I love how she challenges him to a duel by slapping him forty times in the face. Not like once with the glove, but like it's a wizard's duel. You want? Yeah, <laughs> it is a wizard battle. Yeah, and they. This is the fun, uh, the fun magical part of the movie: the wizard's duel. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I said it th- this way. Oh, because you have to say like I can't. I can't just say a wizard battle. I have to say a wizard battle. A wizard's duel. A wizard's duel. You have to. You have to say that. And Merlin, uh, directly counteracting an earlier line that he said about cheating, specifically yeah. tells her rule four: no cheating. No cheating. <laughs> yes, they set out a, a thing of rules that they all immediately uh, break. Yeah. And it feels like their battle was just kind of who can transform into the fun, most fun wild shape. The fastest. Yeah. They do start with regular animals, but then it escalates to Mim turns into a dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, and to counteract that, it ends with Merlin deciding to become a germ. I know. That was brilliant. I don't, and he gets her sick. I don't know why that tickled me so much, but but I liked I liked uh, Merlin's um, just out of place and time way to approach this battle. Yes, this is very much a uh, smallpox to the indigenous people. Yes, so I think I think this is also where um, madam mim talks about hearing someone being sick and apparently this line was for some reason cut so madam mim's original line was sounds like beginning of the scene beginning of the scene yeah sounds like someone's sick how lovely i do hope it's serious something dreadful 
but yes, for that's whatever when, reason, um, Arthur, sorry, Arthur falls into the fireplace and is coughing because he has soot in his mouth. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. Um, but for some reason, uh, in re-releases after the '90s, they omit part of that. So her only line is, "Sounds like someone's sick." How lovely. That's stupid. Yeah, that's a censoring. Right, and then they make her sick at the end. That's why it makes sense. It comes full circle. Yeah, and then we never see Madame M again. Yeah. We go back to the castle, and I think <laughs> this is where you were talking about that reused footage. This is the same footage from Pelinor's first visit. Yes. Yeah, they reuse that. Yeah, they announce that Kay has been knighted, and um, King uh, Lord Ector t- t- <laughs> makes a toast to Kay the King, and Pelinor goes, Kay the King? What a dreadful thought. <laughs> right? I'm with you, Pelinor. Yeah, and he doesn't say it quietly either. This isn't to himself. He says this to everyone in the room, which in case you're wondering who everyone in the room is, it's Hector, Kay, and Arthur. Yeah. (laughs) Normally it would be bad form, but I think that Kay is too stupid to understand that's an insult. Yeah, and I don't think Hector cares all that much, but... The Tattletale Maid comes in and announces that Hobbes has mumps, so... Arthur gets reappointed as the squire, and then that same falling down the stair footage from before is used again. Mm-hmm. But we don't we don't get a goofy yell. We should have had no, a goofy yell here. Agree. But here's where we see the divide though. We see Archimedes taking the role of supportive mom and Merlin taking the role of disapproving father. Because uh, Arthur runs in all excited in his massively oversized paged uniform, and Archimedes goes oh well isn't that nice yeah merlin on the other hand gets extremely pissed off Mm -hmm. and says blow me to bermuda and launches himself away like a little rocket and uh supportive mom once again accompanies arthur to london to be the, the squire he's with him the whole time yeah, he's like, I'm, I guess I'm your owl now. It's okay. Yeah. This is better. <laughs> yeah, we'll just do this. And they're in London watching the joust. And Hector says it's time to get ready after watching uh, the first set of knights unseat each other during the dou- joust and both go to the swords. That reminds Arthur that he forgot Kay's sword back at the end because he's the best squire ever. What oh, a fucking no. moron. I know. Like, oh dear i forgot your sword Uh, let me go grab it so (laughs) arthur runs into the mysteriously empty streets like everyone has shown up to this joust like it's the renaissance festival and but i can kind of understand why because this is the where the new king is being picked i guess i'd also go to that can i i guess i could understand that in this day and age like the fact that there are probably only about 500 people in all of London anyway, so they're all going to this because the rest are dead of plague. But, but Arthur uh, does stumble upon that fateful sword in the stone from the very beginning of the movie. It took us a, a little over 70 minutes to get the plot to come back. Yep. The opening plot. Well, because um, Arthur tries to get into the inn and it's locked and Mm -hmm. Archimedes says, no one's here. They must all be at the tournament. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So he looks around and sees this, this, this sword. Just hanging out in an anvil, like in a little anvil. 
And he goes and puts his hand on it to try to pull it out and beams of light come from the heavens along with choral music. And he does what I would do, which is immediately let go and run backwards. Uh, Yeah, yeah, run away from the light. (laughs) Arthur is tentative, but uh, Archimedes is, uh, I guess he doesn't see any of the divine intervention because Archimedes is just straight up like, what are you waiting for? Grab that mysterious sword out of the stone. Let's go get out of here. So... He does the song and the lights start again, but he ignores it, rips the sword out, and just runs back. I love that because it's just like, uh, I have a higher problem than God looking at me right now. I gotta grab this sword, otherwise I will get killed. Yes. Um, And he gets back and he tries to give Kay the sword, and Kay's like, this isn't my sword. Um, And that gets, which I, he doesn't even investigate further. I would be like, where did you get this? Like, did you steal this from somebody who's about to come into my tent and yell at me? Um, yeah, it was an impressive sword. And Kay's yeah. just like, what is this hunk of metal? He doesn't even look at it. He ignores it. Ector's the one who actually takes a look and recognizes it as the sword in the stone. Mm-hmm, because there's literal fine print mm-hmm. on the sword. And Hector's like, wait a minute. Wait I a recognize minute. that. Yeah, yeah. So then they're like, there's no way that you actually took this from the stone. So yeah. they, go, they go back. Well, it gets everyone's attention. Yeah. Because um, Hector yells at the sword and the stone. And then a guy nearby is like, the sword and the stone. And suddenly everyone's involved. Uh, Arthur is saying, I pulled it out of the stone. And like you say, they're like, well, we're going to go test this now. We'll go test it. So they put the sword back in the stone. And then... It's like the ugly stepsisters trying on Cinderella's glass slipper. Yes. Everyone try. Well, not everyone. Luckily, we weren't there for watching 500 men try to oh my God. pull a sword out of stone. But at but, least a half a dozen or so. Yeah, we do see a half a dozen big burly men attempt to pull this thing out. I, I, I think it's interesting that the angels up above are like, mm, no, we're going to somehow re-glue the sword in. Yeah. <laughs> I also like how Pelinor comes out once again logical because he's like, hey, stop, stop, everyone, get out of the way. And then he like very gently pushes Arthur forward. He's like, go on, son. You know, we're here to see you. And if he's not, he's not, he's not mocking him like Ector was either. He was like, if he says he pulled it from the stone and you all are fucking failing at it, well, let's see him. Yeah. Let him try. Arthur, again, being the Disney princess that he is, the Mm -hmm. sword is a perfect fit in his tiny little 12 year old hand. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And he pulls it out, and the plot is wrapped up in a neat little package because he's literally crowned king. Yeah, and Hector and Kay immediately drop to their knees and apologize and acknowledge him as their rightful king. Yeah, I, Kay doesn't have uh more than one brain cell, but luckily he understands when to bow. Yes. Uh, and then we see Arthur on the throne in the biggest crown and the biggest robe ever. And he's miserable, so Archimedes tells him, I told you to leave the thing in the stone. But you didn't. You were encouraging him to pull it out, wasn't he? Right. Yeah. This is also, like, how long could it have been? Like, maybe a week? At most. At most. This is this is another one of those things where I assume older people had some type of... Um, written clause for what actually happens when the sword is pulled out so that they can just immediately go okay let's launch into having our new little god king yeah but um merlin tries to get out but the castle is surrounded with admirers arthur, arthur tries arthur to 
he tries to get up but the castle is literally surrounded with admirers like every door he opens is just people yelling hail king arthur yeah what is he aurora from sleeping beauty i guess so but the only person who's not there is merlin and man doesn't arthur really really wish he was there yeah i mean i get it when you're surrounded by yes men all you want is that one old grumpy man telling you no (sighs) well he wishes him back he does and this this very much uh felt reminiscent of the scene in um was it Aladdin or Aladdin 2 when the genie disappears and he comes back and he's like in his like tropical shirt and everything? Probably the third, second or third movie. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I I love that Merlin just kind of rockets his way back in in this fun 20th century garb where he has uh-huh. like his shorts on, his sunglasses, he skis in kind of. Complaining about the 20th century and I'm just excited for him to see the 21st. Yeah, I was going to say, we all get it, Merlin. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's, you know, the end of the movie is uh, Merlin telling Arthur that they're going to write books about him and he's going to be a great king. The end. Not not only are they going to write books, they're going to write a movie about him. And Arthur's like, what's a movie? And Merlin's like, oh, let me tell you about movers. The moving pictures. I... I guess I'm glad <laughs> that this plot did make its uh, its way to the end of the movie. Um, I will say I felt like it was a little rushed. It was kind of. Yeah. Um, what did you, did you like this movie? And, and do you recommend it, Callie? I, I liked this movie and I do recommend it because mm-hmm. I think it's a cute little romp as long as you just ignore the fact that there's supposed to be an overarching plot uh i i'm 50 50 on it i i like it and i don't and i recommend it and i don't i think well i think that my criticism is going to be similar to the previous ones and that it has a like a little bit too much filler in the wrong places some scenes are rushed and some that go go on for a bit too long more than they need to mm-hmm. um i just think they needed to rebalance it a little bit better and because of that i don't know that it'll go over very well with younger kids i think this like the like um I think more so than 101 Dalmatians, this might be a little bit more entertaining for like your middle school crowd, which is why it's only kind of like a 50-50 recommendation. I think you need to be able to pay attention a little bit more, follow the plot, and you need to be able to get some of the jokes about like, oh, the the you'll find out the world's round in the future. Like that's a lot of the humor is I think a little bit older. So yeah, it's a 50-50 like and it's a 50-50 recommend on me. So do you think if uh if they had taken out maybe one or two of the animal changing scenes and instead had those as like little shorts outside of the movie would that make it a little faster paced for you no i actually think that um maybe a couple of those should have been extended but Mm. differently so utilize the magic a little bit more because i feel like it was underutilized in a movie that's supposed to be a little bit whimsical but you know it is also an arthurian legend that's fair that's very fair Well, next week, we are actually going to be diving into a live action movie as we will get to be covering Mary Poppins. I'm so excited. Mary Poppins is one of my favorite movies. I think it's going to be a a whole book bag of fun. It's going to be a whole carpet bag of fun. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Do you have anything else for this week? 
I don't. I don't have anything else for this week. I think it was all wrapped up in a neat little package. I agree. So, uh, so long, Glamour Boys. So long, Glamour Boys. Damsels Who Discuss is created and produced by Crow's Nest's podcast. Your hosts are Gally Articola and Alexia Thurumalai. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash damsels who discuss, all one word. On Instagram at instagram.com slash damsels who discuss, all one word again. And on Twitter at twitter.com slash damsels who disco, because Twitter has a character limit. Or you can also email us at damsels who discuss at gmail.com. So long, glamour boys! So long, glamour boys.